I chose Tulane's Executive MBA program as a means to gain skills in business law, management, finance, and value creation. Almost immediately after graduation, I was promoted to a chief judge role. Now, I am Chief Judge Tamia Gordon. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. If you're on social media for any amount of time, you frequently stumble across a meme reminding you, you should stop and smell the roses. Most of us would agree with that advice, but we're too busy to do anything about it. If you really did take the time to stop and appreciate everything around you, you'd be aware of a lot of things that you take for granted. For example, how often do you stand in front of your house and remark, it's a great day, my house didn't burn down today. Norman Smith's working life is devoted to making sure your house doesn't catch fire. Norman's company is called a Noble Chimney Sweep Services. Norman and his fleet of three trucks and six guys do, in fact, clean chimneys. They also prevent fire hazards with a host of services, including maintaining closed dryer vents, a significant cause of house fires. Norman, welcome out to lunch. It's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Another thing you probably take for granted is what's called executive functioning. Executive functioning is a list of stuff you need to get done today. You might have another list for the week, and you probably have stuff on the calendar for next month and beyond. Imagine for a second that these executive functioning skills don't come naturally to you. You miss appointments. You might even forget to pay the rent or your house note. If you're a kid at school, you don't get your homework done, you have poor study skills, and you end up struggling or failing. Working with kids and older people who struggle with executive functioning issues is just one aspect of the work Jean Devel does at the Jefferson Speech and Language Center. Jean also works with people who have difficulties with speech, hearing, social skills, and all aspects of communication. Jean, welcome out to lunch. Happy to be here. Norman, when we hear the term chimney sweep, most of us think of the stereotypical sooty-faced urchin who has the dirtiest job in the world. In reality, you're providing a myriad of skilled services and you're running a business. The focus of your business is preventive care. Now, in other preventive care areas, such as the dentist or the doctor, you can put off your annual checkup and wait until you actually have a problem. Most of the time, you won't lose your teeth or your life. However, if you don't take care of your chimney, your fireplace, or your dryer, the first indication of trouble is going to be when your house catches fire. At that point, it's a bit too late to call the preventive services company. So how do you market a noble chimney sweep services? How do you educate people to know they need you? It's always a matter of safety first. I mean, we go into a customer's home because They've called, they've, they're either experiencing an issue that's, uh, uh, maybe there's excessive moisture, maybe there's a mildew problem, maybe there's a hot burning smell. 
that's typically where we get uh, the call. And <clears throat> now, afterwards, of course, the more people we meet and speak with, we get a lot of repeat business because they don't want to be that guy. You know? <laughs> they don't want to be the one who ignored issues like that and end up with a, a life-threatening situation. And that's exactly what it is because actually it's, I look at it like basically an unexploded landmine in a house. <laughs> you know, you, you, it's a you good visual. You, you, want to, uh, you want to make sure that that thing is gone. Now, now Norman, I, I suppose people say to you, um, well, it's worked fine for decades or we don't use it that often. What do you tell them? I tell them that it, an argument that it's been this way for 20 years isn't a good argument that it's going to be this way for the next 20. And that's another thing we do. I train my men that when we go into a home, if we're looking at a fireplace issue uh, or a set of gas logs, many chimneys today vent uh, still, even though it's not supposed to be done, still vent carbon monoxide from gas furnaces and water heater through the chimney. It's a situation where a whole family can die at night while they sleep. And I don't think you can overemphasize that type of importance. Now, Jean, most of us are familiar with the terms ADD and ADHD, attention deficit disorder and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. We're told that these conditions seem to be more prevalent today because of our increasing attachment to short attention span activities uh, on mobile devices. Now, whether or not that link can be made definitively, the most well-known treatment for ADD is medication. Most of us are less aware that the difficulties that arise from ADD are also treated by speech and language professionals like you. So two questions. One, how do you treat ADD? And two, how does someone with these kinds of executive functioning issues know to turn to a speech and language professional for help? Well, I should be clear that psychologists treat ADD, although a speech-language pathologist who specializes in the cognitive aspects of communication absolutely can treat executive functioning differences. And it, you are correct that those with ADHD do have executive functioning differences, but others can have executive functioning differences without actually having ADD. What's, um, in terms of a young person, what's, what's the first clue? They're disorganized. Okay. They, well, I'm 62. I could pick me up for that. But, but yeah. <laughs> Although you've learned to compensate. Right, by the fact that I And be successful. Host this show. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, executive functions comp um, are comprised of nine different elements. That's how we separate it. You can find 12 different elements online, six. However, yeah, there's no ex um, agreed upon number of elements of executive functioning. Shall I tell you what they sure. are? Sure. Okay. Now I can't, can't imagine. <laughs> so I only the, got to three. <laughs> <laughs> the first one is initiation, and that's your ability to begin a task without prompting. The second one is organization, and that's your ability to maintain personal organization, keeping track of your things. And in, in the world of a student, that also means keeping track of assignments, homework, handouts, things like that. And now, these days, that includes keeping your computer organized as well with various documents that you create on there. The third one is planning, and that's pretty obvious. It's learning to break things down into pieces and to set goals long-term, and then to meet each of those goals um, throughout the, 
the planning process that you've set ahead of time? Every parent is thinking, that's my kid, by the way, I'm going to tell you. They, <laughs> and uh, and how, uh, how young can you treat someone? And is it better to get them when they're young? Absolutely. Absolutely. With younger kids, you're not going to see these. You are going to see certain things like cognitive flexibility, personal disorganization, um, attentional control is a big one. Emotional regulation is also a really um, important aspect of executive functioning. And that's where the crossover with us and psychologists come in. Um, and psychologists are more likely to treat that inhibitory control and um, emotional regulation. Although we do touch on that. With meds? Mostly with meds. Norman, I, I get there's a whole country full of chimney sweeps. Is there a... Do you have conventions or trade journals? or? There are a number. You see, years and years and years ago, when I started my business in Atlanta, I started out by getting a state warm air license. Uh, so basically a heating and air conditioning license. And I built my heating and air company around my chimney customers. So I sort of shunned of some of these federal clubs or national clubs, but the chimney sweep in the... Uh, National Chimney Sweep Guild is one, and uh, I don't think, but most of what I find, the chimney organizations, they're looking at the way things are in the north. Well, this is Louisiana, and basically here it is a entirely different environment. Well, first of all, we don't usually burn wood, right? That's correct. Like in this area. Wood or gas. Yeah, and what was originally, what were the... The homes uptown was it coal? What was in originally there? decades uh, past and, and centuries past? It was coal. The, you know the old chimneys. You can't go anywhere in New Orleans without seeing a hundred-year-old chimney. Uh, the difference is that they're just not—they're uh, not designed for what people want to burn today. Uh, so we do a lot of conversions to vent-free gas appliances that look period to the that bring the system to the period of the house and uh, we do a lot of cosmetic it's a uh, but and every now and then uh, quite frequently rather we do a, a lot of uh, restorations bringing chimneys up to uh, that up to masonry code. and things like that or? masonry uh, stainless steel flexible liners a lot of masonry structural work in attics and on the rooftops that sort of thing well Jean you're when somebody I think this might be the best way to think about it. Somebody brings their child in. What does that process look like? Well, um, you know, first speak with the parents. It depends on the age of the child. When kids get older, like middle school and high school, they're aware of their organizational differences. They may not know that that stems from executive functioning problems, but they're they're aware. And they're usually pretty beaten down by the, by the process at that point. And you're going to put them through really a pretty extensive battery of tests, right? Um, not, not for executive functioning, but to diagnose um, language differences. We do do cognitive um, achievement and language testing. Is that all connected? Um, yes, absolutely. And you can see executive functioning, functioning through, those, um, through giving those tests. A business like yours, you know, you're such a great business, and, uh, and yet it is kind of you and your partner, Denise, uh -huh. um, you know, is there an exit strategy? I mean, how do you, like, it's tough to sell a company where it's, um, 
I don't know, you're, you're sort of the best assets or the biggest assets. Yeah, we are. Our goal is to help the community, genuinely. People call us all the time, and there are people that we may not be able to fit on our schedules, but we're going to educate that caller, and we're going to help them get to the right place. And this would really go for both of you. Um, one of the things you have to deal with is seasonality. Um, now, I thought it would be true with... with um, Norman's business, I guess, when, when is the time most people have this done? Is it? <clears throat> well, of course, the beginning of football season is usually the, uh, that's usually the time when the calls start getting to the point to where I can't finish one call before two more come in. Uh, but we've been very, very blessed with a constant stream of business, uh, real estate inspections, uh, Animal intrusion, water leaks. Uh, what's, the, what's the oddest thing you've pulled out of a chimney? The oddest thing? Uh, well, we found a skeleton under a chimney. A human skeleton? A human skeleton. That no. just happened a couple of, about a month or so ago. Wow, and the first thing you do is call the police? police. Okay, yes, good, we good. called right. the police. That's what I was and, hoping. And uh, they came out and uh, they... Uh, it was, had obviously been there. It was a jawbone with teeth and that kind of thing. It wasn't and an I, old chimney sweep, right? That would be terrible. I, I don't know. I, I tend to think maybe it was, I just don't know how old it was, but it looked like it had been there for quite some time. And We don't, we don't find dead bodies. No, you don't. But, you, but surprisingly, you do have seasonality, right? Is it? We do. We do. Although um, many kids who have therapy during the school year, they do take a break in the summer. But also, you know, you lose your skills and you need to keep those skills sharp. So we do encourage um, students who have difficulties or significant difficulties, I shall say, um, to come in the summer. And I have a question that everybody talks about is these ADD and all of this, is it getting worse or are we just diagnosing it for the first time? I think we're more aware. I, I don't know statistically if we're diagnosing more kids. It certainly seems that way. Um, so I'm here today with a chimney sweep, I think, because both of our professions are sort of unknown to other people. And oftentimes we're called speech teachers. Well, we do so much more than speech. And so if you don't mind, I'd just like to run down the list of the things we do. First and foremost, we do language. Language is all day, every day, and the importance of it cannot be understated. Secondly, we do cognitive aspects of communication, which involves thinking, attention, sequencing, memory, problem solving, and of course, executive functioning. Um, our field also uh, treats articulation, fluency, voice and resonance, hearing, swallowing, social aspects of communication, and communication modalities, which would be um, AAC or something um, along those lines to help people who can't communicate verbally uh, communicate. And uh, as we said earlier, these aren't independent of each other, are they? No, there's a lot of overlap um, there. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Jean Devel from Jefferson Speech and Language Center and Norman Smith from a Noble Sweep Chimney Services. We'll be right back after this very brief break. 
You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Norman Smith from a Noble Sweep Chimney Services and Jean Develle from Jefferson Speech and Language Center. Norman and Jean, this is the part of the show we call your brother-in-law. You're on the way home from work. When your phone rings, it's your brother-in-law. He usually only calls when he's looking for a dinner invitation, but this time it's different. This time he's got a business proposition for you. Jean, your brother-in-law says you can only see so many clients in a day, but most of your clients are connected to their mobile devices. You could keep connected to them if you had an app. You could call your app the SLAPP, S-L-A-P-P, the Speech and Learning App. Not only would it be a great tool for helping your clients, it would also be a great marketing tool for finding clients. What do you tell your brother-in-law? Is is SLAPP a great idea? No, it's not. (laughs) Speech, speech language pathologists need to be side by side with those kids throughout the homework process, throughout the um, process of studying, because the, through that we incorporate language therapy. And we also practice executive functioning, we model executive functioning skills for them or Isn't help impose them upon them. Norman, your brother-in-law has a great idea too. He says nobody tells you when you buy a dryer that you need to get the vent inspected every so often to prevent fires. So your brother-in-law's idea is you hook up with a dryer sales company like Lowe's or Home Depot and partner with them on a maintenance plan that they can sell as an add-on when they're selling a dryer. They make a couple of extra bucks and you get tons of new clients. All your brother-in-law wants for this idea is 10% of the first 12 months of additional revenue you make off the plan. What do you tell them? Is he on to something? I think that would be a pretty good idea. And anything that raises the awareness, uh, because I can't tell you how many times uh, a homeowner called, I never knew. And those are the, you know, when I hear those first three words, you know, I never knew, I know that this house is 40 years old, we got an issue. So, but actually, the manufacturer's instructions do recommend. But nobody just reads them, right? But very seldom uh, are they read. That's correct. And so we, uh, but I think anything like that that would raise the awareness would be a good thing. Norman, how many, you're doing about 1,500 to 2,000 visits a year with these six guys and three trucks. And uh, um, you came here, you started started in 1982 um, over in Atlanta. What has changed about being a chimney sweep since then? Technology or? Well, the essential process remains the same. Uh, The equipment that allow uh, more... uh, Can you do them faster? The equipment has definitely definitely improved. Uh, Now uh, we, we... you know, we don't have to drop small children down the chimney. Yeah, anymore, yeah, yeah. And of course, Santa we is have, the ultimate inspector. We, but we have, yes, we have brushes that we can assemble of different types: metallic, nylon, uh, rotating ones for you know pizza ovens that are chimneys that are five-story tall, uh, and to a very light brush that handles. Uh, your grandmother's little chimney with her gas locks. You know, one of the things that always I always thought about is children, we don't want them to think there's something wrong with them. And so how do you kind of get to where you need to be without putting that anvil on them? 
Well, uh, you know, Denise taught me well. Uh, Denise always taught me that you, you get on that child's side and you let them know, I know this is hard for you and my job is to help it make it easier for you or to help it make it better. And so I think that one, you get a lot of buy-in that way. I think once a child knows that you're on their side and that you're not the teacher who's going to reprimand or um, judge what they do, I think it goes a long way with kids of all ages. Do teachers know what to look for? Are they trained? What? I think Years ago they weren't. Correct. Yeah, right. I think today they're, they're more aware. Executive functioning is kind of a buzz word right now. And so I do think that a lot of teachers are more aware, but um, I think plenty, many children slip through the cracks and are written off as lazy, which is one of the reasons why I do seminars for parents. And if they don't get it fixed up early on, it's just going to continue, right? It's it does, and it, it will affect their, their livelihood, their relationships, um, and uh, definitely their education. Norman, we mentioned the seasonality of, of chimney uh, sweep, but um, it's not, you're open all year round, right? That's correct. Full time, full service, all year. Jean, off the air, you've told me quite a bit about Denise, your partner. Uh, is, I guess she is very well known in this community. She is. I mean, she's basically a legacy in the community. She's an expert diagnostician, and she has owned and run Jefferson Speech and Language Center since 1981. In fact, many people don't know her as Jefferson Speech and Language Center. They just know her as Miss Denise. When you look around the city, how often do you look up? If you do, you're probably looking up to see how far away those rain clouds look. You're probably not noticing all the chimneys between you and the sky. Maybe after this conversation, Norman, more of us will think about chimneys and dryer vents. And John, maybe we'll think differently about treatments for ADD and people faced with other challenges of executive functioning. It has been great to meet you. Thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you for inviting us. Thanks for having us. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Jean Develle. She's the partner at Jefferson Speech and Language Center and Norman Smith, owner of a Noble Sweep Chimney Services. You can find out more about Jean's and Norman's businesses by following the links on our website, itsneworleans.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris, our technical producer is Eric Merle, and our researcher is Maggie Mendel. You can listen to this show and to past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts, including Spotify. And you can find all of our podcasts at itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com, its New Orleans Facebook page, and on Instagram. The photos were taken today by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business, New Orleans style, on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music, and dinner seven nights a week. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. 
joneswalker.com and by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and by Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world.